We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So as we look at Notre Dame at the break, the conversation that you then look at is, okay, you see the schedule, you see what's in front of you. Those, those need to be four wins. We all agree on that. We need to, we need to see four wins. And, and I've always said, Marcus Freeman has said it, that when you're talking about Notre Dame and you're breaking down Notre Dame, it really comes down to, you know, Notre Dame needs to play Notre Dame football, right? You need to play your game. You need to do what you do. You need to, to, to come out and say, Hey, we are a good football team. We are capable of going out there and beating a lot of good teams. And we're capable of going out there and, and, uh, and dominating when we're, when we're on our game. So then it comes down to, okay, so what do they, what do they got to do that more consistently? And that's going to kind of, that's going to be the focus of, of the rest of this show is going to, to really dive into, you know, who Notre Dame is, right now and and what I want to see from this football team in the second half of the season as as they look to finish strong because we can we can all look at the I think the Louisville game is the one that still sits in people's crawl the most I know I know that there's a lot of folks like me that look at the Ohio State game and say man missed opportunity should have won that game had a chance to win that game didn't Ohio State made some plays you didn't lost last play the game all that's frustrating but it was still a game where you feel like the team went out and, and competed and battled and played hard and got after it and just just they're just not there yet. The Louisville game's the one where just the way they played, losing to a team like that, they lost a pit the next week, just kind of frustrates you a little bit. And so I think that's where some of the the angst and some of the frustration still comes from. But at the same time, you know, this Notre Dame football team, when you look at the last four games is in an opportunity to where if they can win the last four games, we, we may still feel a certain way about the Louisville and Ohio State games, but you're going to look at this team and say, yeah, this team took a step as we broke down yesterday, and and this team got better. But you can also be in a situation where you just beat the last four teams just because you're better than they are. You don't necessarily play better. You don't necessarily fix some of the things that aren't there. You don't necessarily make the changes that you want to make to go into the offseason really fired up and and say like, hey, you know, we took some steps 
you know, you want to go into the offseason feeling better about where the, the direction of the offense under Jared Parker and, and say, you know, because like if you look at the offense, for example, and we'll dive more into it, there's been stretches of the season where the offense has been pretty good, like really good. They were good, not great against USC. And then there was a three game stretch where they weren't that good. And and so is that who they are, that three game stretch? Are they the team that that played against USC where they're good, but not great? Or are they the team that dominated the first four weeks somewhere in between? I don't know. The last four games is going to tell us a lot about that. The defense has been great almost the entire season. I mean, they had a bad half against Louisville when the offense just kept forcing them to go back on the field, back on the field, back on the field. Defense has been, been great. But now it's about, okay, finish as strong as you started. Continue to make those improvements because it's important to make those changes and improvements and tweaks and get better because you can go 4-0 down the stretch not play great football, not have a ton of momentum going into a a potential New Year's Six Bowl game against a big opponent, and you're not really really rolling as a program. So I think there needs to be some really positivity built within the program, and I'm going to break down what those things are, and then I'm going to dive into just an overall look at where Notre Dame is compared to last season as we kind of evaluate the growth of that program. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The fall season is incredibly busy for me, which makes it hard to spend the time needed to make healthy meals and live a healthy life. If you have the same problem, you'll want to try Factor. America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. It can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. I've had Factor Meals, and I'm going to continue buying from them, especially with a special discount for Irish Breakdown listeners. With Factor, you skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping and prepping and cleaning up, too while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back to crushing your goals. You can choose from 35 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals that promote a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, all ready to eat in two minutes. Head to factormeals.com irish50 and use code irish50 to get 50% off. That's Irish50 at factormeals.com slash Irish50 to get 50% off. I've tried it. I'm sticking with them. You should try too. So when you look at the last four games of the year, 
and you talk about where Notre Dame needs to get to. What do we need to see from Notre Dame? I'm going to start with the offense. This is the side of the ball to me that has to make the improvements overall. Like they have to get a lot better as a unit. They have to become a, a group of players and a group of coaches that that can go out and put together the kind of they just have to be better. I mean, I, I don't they just haven't been good the last month. And this is a group that has to go out and get and find its groove back, right? Like some of y'all that are my age, you remember that movie with um was the thing is Angela Bassett, right? Uh, how Stella got her groove back, right? Well, Jared Parker needs to get his groove back. Sam Hartman needs to get his groove back. The offensive line needs to get its groove back, right? They got to get back to being what they should be and and what I believe they're capable of being. And so there's a few areas that I want to see improvement from this football team in the second half of the season. These are areas where I am going to be looking and evaluating because there's a lot of people that are just done with Jared Parker. Like, forget it, screw it, fire him. Okay. A lot of those same people wanted to fire Al Golden at this time a year ago, right? Notre Dame was... You know, come they had the loss to Stanford, they had the loss to Marshall, they gave up 20, 20, it was a 20, 14, 20 points to UNLV, they gave up 24 to Syracuse. Done without, I'm done without Golden. He needs to go. He's not recruiting, he's not doing this, he's not doing that. He's got to go. Right. And so you look at what the defenses could become, it's worked out pretty good. But you started to see signs of that late in the year last year, dominating Clemson, you know, dominating uh, Boston College, played well at times in certain areas against USC, despite being very limited personnel-wise, played pretty good football against South Carolina after the first quarter. You saw some glimpses of, of what the defense can be. Can Jared Parker give fans some of that? So the people that that I think are more uh, objective about it and saying, look, what we're seeing is not good, but we also saw some really good things. He's in his first year. Let's see what, what he can do down the stretch. And, and he needs to get some momentum down this final four games to get to, to build confidence in him, to get the players to make sure that they're completely have faith that he's going to get them rocking and rolling the coaches and, and obviously fans. So there's a lot to see, and I'm going to be evaluating Jared Parker, these next four, four games, in six weeks and much that we talked about evaluating coach Freeman last week. It's like, look, you guys have hit some adversity as a program. You know, you've gone through a tough three game stretch. You've lost two of your last three games. You know, I need to know if you as a young football coach, Marcus Freeman can push the right buttons to get your team back on track. And boy, did we see him push the right buttons. And and they put a video out yesterday, which we won't show because now Notre Dame uh, demonetizes every video that we've ever done. They literally spent this last week going through all the videos we've ever done where we've played like tweets that they put out or videos that they've put out and demonetize us. We can't show you the video. Uh, although I'd love to, it was a very cool video. If you haven't seen it, check it out. But it, you know, you just saw Marcus Freeman getting interviewed beforehand and he just, she asked him about getting the team back on track kind of thing. And he talked about running it back and he just had this look on his face where he just was like, he just kind of had this like real pissed off look on his face. Not at the questioner, but just, you know how the week before against Louisville, I just said like everybody's just kind of stoic. They just didn't look like they want to be there. When you saw Marcus Freeman before the Louisville game, my wife has a bunch of pictures of him before the bowl game. It's just, or the Louisville game, this, everybody's just kind of got this, just, I don't know what it is. It just, it was just, they were just kind of there. 
but the pictures I have of him and the the things that I saw from him before the game and then the rest of the team, they were pissed. Like they, they, they had a, they were pissed at what happened to them, that they allowed it to happen, that they didn't answer the challenge. And they wanted to go out and just, just really get after it. And they did. And so coach Freeman pushed the right buttons and you feel now you feel way better about going to those last four games. Now it's time to look at coach go at coach Parker and say, can he push the right buttons? Can coach Parker do the things he needs to do to get this offense going to, to instill confidence in themselves to, as far as from a player standpoint, to do the things to instill confidence in each other, the players in each other, and then to instill confidence in the staff from the players and then vice versa. Those are things that we're going to learn. And, I, and I, that's what I'm really evaluating Jared Parker on more than, you know, what specific schemes does he run? You know, how, how to, what's his third down package look like? You guys know me. I'm going to always evaluate that kind of stuff. But I really want to see, can you get this, this group of players ready to play physical football, aggressive football, urgent football and also get them to under you know to to push the right buttons and practice to to structure things in a, in a way that allows you to be a more sound football team and that's how I'm going to evaluate Jared Parker so these are the areas that I want to see improvement another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Number one, O-line consistency. This has probably been the most frustrating part that I have seen from this Notre Dame offense in the last month. How a unit that played as well as it did against Ohio State can look as bad as it did against Duke and Louisville is beyond me. Run game, they were okay against USC. And then pass pro, which had been a mess against Duke and especially Louisville, where Sam Hartman's just constantly getting pressured over and over and over. And, and I remember watching, like, doing the preview saying, like, this is this could be the equalizer right here. Like, you know, Notre Dame's got all these advantages against a not very good USC defense. But, man, USC ranks sixth nationally in tackles for loss per game. They rank second nationally in sacks per game. they got all these highly ranked guys that everybody loves and talks about. This could be the neutralizer, right? And and especially against an offensive line that's just been giving up pressure and pressure and pressure and all those type of things the last two weeks. And USC just got – they just dominated USC in pass pro, dominated them. No sacks, one tackle for loss. According to pro football focus, only five hurries the entire game. 
and and just handle their business. And you're like, how is this the same unit from the two weeks before? Now, props to Coach Parker or Coach Rudolph to get that unit to play better against USC, and that's great. But it just feeds into the lack of consistency, and that's kind of been an issue the last couple of years. Under last year, you understood it. A lot of new guys in new places, new faces, and and it was a young group overall. Number starts wise, you, you had two sophomores at tackle. You're a little bit more of a you're a more veteran team this year. You have more experience coming back at key places, center and left tackle, right tackle. And you just expected it to be a more consistent group, and it just hasn't been. So when I when I talk about how I'm what I'm looking for these last four games, it's going to be about consistency up front. I want to see this offensive line play physical football the next four games. I don't care who they're playing. I don't care if that other team stinks, if that other team's good. I want to see them play with a, a, a mindset and a standard of we're going to come here and we're going to bust you up for 60 minutes. They need to be more consistent with their technique and their assignments. Just consistency. Consistency of effort, consistency of execution, consistent finish. When this line does that, it's pretty good. I, I personally would make a change at left guard. I think there's a limitation there, and we've seen about as good as it's going to get. But the fact of the matter is, that's not really my call. And so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that like I have in the past. I, I'm not going to be able to influence at all. I would put start Billy Shrouth moving forward, at the very least rotate him. But whoever you play, Joe Rudolph needs to show that he can develop a consistent offensive line and an offensive line that plays with the kind of physicality and power that we saw last year's offensive line play with down the stretch. Because if you remember, last year's offensive line had sort of similar issues. Some games, they look like world beaters. Other games, mm, not as good. But down the stretch, the offensive line was much better, had more of it, most of its best games down the stretch. And it forced teams to say, hey, we've got to load the box against this team. Navy did that. USC did that. USC didn't do that against Notre Dame this past week. And and there's a lot of reasons why. Number one is I think they were, they still had, you, you've got to be careful that Sam Hartman's not going to beat you. And the other part is breaking down Notre Dame's film. There's not the same intimidation of the Notre Dame offensive line that they had the year before. And I think that factored into it as well. You need to change that. You need to change that these last four games. So consistency of effort, consistency of execution, and consistent finishing is are going to be the keys that I'm going to be looking for when I'm evaluating this Notre Dame offense in the final four games of the season. Because if that unit can play that way, then it feeds off of everybody else. You want to get the running backs going again, play, have the offensive line play better. You know, have Sam, have Sam Hartman doing a better job of staying in the pocket, getting the ball down the field like he did to Chris Tyree, going through his reads, get where he needs to go, have the line play like that. And if they can do that, then then it fuels everything else. And that, to me, is what it means to be an O-line-driven team. You dominate the point of attack, and you play at a high level from an effort standpoint, from a physicality standpoint, from an execution standpoint, and then allow your skill players to handle business. If they can do that, this offense is going to finish very, very strong in the last four games, even if they don't make some of the other changes that I'm going to talk about. That's how important that part of the game is. Here's the second part. Notre Dame has got to figure out the pass game. It, 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 is, it has been such a weird Jekyll and Hyde I'm going to give you guys some numbers here. First four games of the year, the Notre Dame pass offense averaged 304.3 yards per game, 11.4 yards per attempt. Elite numbers. Last four games, Notre Dame has passed for 194.3 yards per game, 
only 6.8 yards per attempt. Well, well below average numbers. So on the season, you're going to see that Notre Dame has some good numbers. They rank in a good place with some of their past numbers. And I'm going to, I'm going to show you that and break that down. They're top 25 nationally in several categories, top 15 in several categories when it comes to their pass offense. Overall in the season, they're averaging 249 yards per game. It's a big improvement from last year. But Sam Hartman's a kid that averaged over 300 passing yards per game in the last two years. And he's only averaging 229.8 right now after averaging about almost 300 in the first four games. They've got to figure they've got to figure it out. So what are some things that, that I believe they need to do and some things that could, could help improve the offense pass game down the stretch? Number one, you've got to figure out who you who you trust the receiver and play him. Now, the the purpose of this conversation is not to tell Notre Dame what to do. You all know what I think they should do. Force feed the ball to number five, get him going. He brings a different skill set that you, than you have from anywhere else. Get the ball to number four more often. That's a big, a big must. And then number 19, get him moving around and get him back into the offense because he's a big part of this offense too. And then 83 and 17 and, the, and 80, those guys could be really good complimentary players to those guys. That's what I would do. I highly doubt Notre Dame does that. But whoever you all think is the is the guys that you trust, whether I agree with it or not, whoever you guys trust, create a more fluid rotation. And what I mean by that is it's it's right now I view it as like real herky-jerky. It's just from play to play, you're rotating guys out. A guy can go make a catch for 10 yards, and then we don't see him again for six plays. It's been impossible for the Notre Dame receivers to get into any kind of rhythm with the way that they rotate guys. It's just, it's impossible. I mean, look, I've played the position as a freshman. I started as a true freshman in college at wide receiver for six games before I got hurt. I've coached the position. I've coached All-Americans. I've coached on offenses that have set passing records, all-time passing records to the school. I, I've done this. I'm telling you. I like playing a deep bench, but you can't keep rotating every single play like they're doing right now. It's impossible for guys to get into a rhythm. And it's even harder for guys that don't have a ton of experience. And that's, it's just, it's killed the pass game. It's been one of the things that's absolutely killed the pass game in the last four games. It's just, there's no flow. There's no, I now know what this guy wants to do to me against press. So, because part of winning at press is you've got your stuff that you've got to work on, but then I, I go against this guy 15, 20, 25 times. And now I know this is how I can beat this guy. And go back, hey, coach, I can beat this guy. But when you only get go against him once every 10 plays, it's harder for you to have that. So to me, they've got to find a way, whoever you trust. I, it, we that the, the whole who I think they should play and who I think they should play, that's a different conversation that is is more of a off-season, you know, personal preference, opinion, evaluation, whatever kind of thing. What I'm saying is no matter who they who they like and who they think should be the guys, is doesn't matter, right? It, it's just whoever you think it is, whether I agree or not, I could be wrong. They could be wrong. It's not the point. But whoever you're going to play, you've got to have a more consistent rotation. Let guys stay on the field longer. Let them get into the groove. Have a more healthy mix between your top three and four and your next couple. You've got to do that because they've got to get into the rhythm. It's impossible for Sam Hartman to get into a rhythm with his receivers when he's got a different group of receivers on the field almost every play. Like that is a that is a problem that needs to get addressed like now. That's a great part of what the bye week needs to be about is look, 
this is our rotation. This is how we're going to go into it. Just, and if you want to do a thing where, well, in 12 personnel, we want to play these two guys and in 11 personnel, then fine. Then stay in 12 personnel for five or six more plays and mix things up within it. Stay in 11 personnel for a series. They've got to figure those things out because if they can just, if that's the only improvement that they make, if that's the only thing they do is that right there, you'll see an improvement in the past game. It won't be like enormous, but you'll see an improvement. It'll become more efficient. Hartman will get more on the same page. He'll be more comfortable and you'll be good to go. Another thing they need to do, and I don't understand at all why they've been hesitant to do this, is is more RPOs. I, I I have no clue why they just refuse to do it. None. But they need to get back to more RPOs. Another thing I want to see them do in the past game is they got to get back to um, getting the running backs more involved in the past game. This has been a very interesting sort of uh, kind of revelation that we've seen in the in the last in the last several games because. I, I just I really liked how the backs were involved in the first the first part of the season. If you look at the first four uh, first four games of the season, the running backs had 16 catches for and, and in the second half of the season, the running backs have had 16 catches. So first four games, 16 catches, last four games, 16 catches. Here's the difference. First four games, 191 yards receiving. Second four games, 79 yards receiving. It's been nothing but checkdowns. You're struggling at receiver. You have very talented athletes at running back. I think something this staff needs to do is find more ways to get the running backs more involved in the offense. That's going to be a big part of, of their success is, is make them more of a threat, more of a weapon in the pass game. So do more things to get Jeremiah Love the football. I'm shocked. Jeremiah Love only has five catches on the season for 38 yards. That's it. I, I just feel like he should be a greater part of the pass game. Janarian Price has five catches for 65 yards, like 40 of it came. That's a, an area where you can get him the football more. And, and the the guy, the the guy that's second on the team in catches this year is Jabron Payne, who's got eight catches for 52 yards. And he had a heck of a catch in the goal line. And and I'm and I'm I was good with that play. That play made a lot of sense. But those are those are opportunities for you to get Jadarian Price and and Jeremiah Love more touches. So that's something I would absolutely like to see them do is to be more effective in that regard of and it's not just hitting the check downs but you know do do some swings where you're getting you know instead of checking down right up underneath do some things where you're checking down and you're getting out to the perimeter on some swings and you can throw the ball out to to love or price and space maybe they get tackled for a two-yard gain but if they can make people miss then you've got some potential for some big plays so finding ways to get the backs more involved in the pass game with check down different types of check downs but also with some design stuff is something that I think could 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 add some value and, and not just running wheel routes like they okay teams kind of know that's coming now they 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 they're playing it now they okay they, you've seen eighty seven wheel routes they're prepared for it so I think there's different things that they need to do to get the backs more involved in the offense even just maybe lining them up outside running now screens I mean like honestly I'd go twenty one personnel and I'd put my tight end in like a little wing position and I'd have my running back outside with one of my receivers have another receiver backside run inside zone and run an RPO screen out there or a bubble screen out there. Just something in the back where if they want to come in and play my run game, then I'm pulling that sucker and getting it outside. Maybe you do like an overload and you could do some different things. Maybe put it, put, put your two receivers to the right, both of them on the line tied in in the wing. So he can do different things. Run game wise he can go counter. He can do different things, but then you can also have your other running back over here, send him in motion. You can do a jet with them. You can do, you can do some screen pass action to them. You can do some, uh, you know, put them back motion, read zone, read it, pull and throw the the swing. There's a lot of things you can do if you're willing to be creative with it. 
to where you're saying like, look, right now we don't have a lot of faith in our receivers and, and we're not sure what those guys can do. A lot of half the the receiving core is struggling with hamstring injuries this season. And so, but we got some really talented backs and we're going to find some ways to get them rocking and rolling. So that's something I would like to see them do in the pass game as well. And then the final piece to improving the pass game is they just got to get back to being a little bit more aggressive. I'm hoping, and I said this in the show on, on Monday night, I'm hoping that what we saw from the pass game with the shot to Rico Flores, the shot to Chris Tyree, that that's sort of the beginning of getting the vertical passing game back on track. I'm hoping that that's the case because they ha- they're going to have to be more aggressive because can you beat the next four teams without being aggressive with your pass game? Yeah, you can. Can you go into a New York six game against an Oklahoma, Texas and LSU and Alabama and, and win that way? Uh, it'd be a lot harder. I don't, I don't know that you can, you've got to get your vertical passing game back on track. And what I don't want to see is just the same old stuff we've seen all year. You're going to have your, your base plays, but you've got to be willing to try some things and, have some wrinkles to try to create some more big play opportunities. And it doesn't always mean throwing down the field. It could mean double moves. It could mean, Hey, you know, we looked at our tendencies. We run a million option plays. So against Clemson, who's an aggressive defense, we're going to, you know, run a stick nod with our tight end and maybe catch a big play that way, or with Chris Tyree or something. There's, there's, the, you know, we'll run pivot routes where you get guys moving and then just kind of run a, a pivot stutter. There's all types of different things that Notre needs to do that they just don't do off of their path. You run a million meshes. If you're going to run a million meshes, you got to run some pivots off of it. You got to run some, some double moves off of it. You got to have them climb from time to time. There's just things that you have to do to really make those things effective. And I hope that they're more aggressive. And then the last piece is, is Notre Dame's got to get a lot better on third down in the last four games. Yeah, this is another statistic that's just been really problematic. And it's it's been an issue on both sides, both sides of the ball. This is something I'm going to talk about on both sides of the ball. The Notre Dame offense in the first four games against uh power up against FBS teams. So I took out Tennessee State. They were like nine of eleven. That skews the stat. That I just I don't like using that that Tennessee State game. But even if you take that out, it, it still gives you a very good idea of where they were the, the first four games against FBS teams. So this is through Ohio State. They were converting 46.5 of their third down attempts. They never had fewer than five. They had five against every FBS opponent they had. They had five against, they went five of seven against Navy, five of 14 against uh, NC State, five of 12 against Central Michigan, five of 10 against Ohio State, 20 of 43 for 46.5. In the last three games, however, they've only had three conversions in each game. They went three and 15 against uh, Duke, three of 13 against Louisville, and only three of 10 against USC. Got to get better on third down. Need a better plan, need a better execution. And it and it hasn't just been, well, you know, get better on first and second down and put yourself in more short yardage. They've had a lot of third and short failures during that stretch as well. So third down is going to be a much big, a, a part where the offense is going to have to get a lot better down the stretch. <laughs>
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.